Artism Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Kathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Artisan Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination that it takes to be an artisan in whichever and whatever craft we choose. Today, our guest is Kara Golden, and she embodies uh, these three in spades. She is the founder and CEO of Hint best known for its award-winning Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water that there is. She has received numerous accolades, including being named Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year 27 in Northern California and one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. Previously, Kara was the VP of Shopping Partnerships at America Online, she currently hosts the podcast, The Kara Golden Show, her first book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, was released in 2020 and is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. So excited to welcome Kara here to the show today so we can talk about Undaunted, what, uh, what propelled her to write this book, and what it really means to be undaunted um, and overcoming those doubts and doubters out there. Without further ado, please welcome Kara Golden to the Artisan Podcast. Welcome, Kara. I am so excited to welcome you here so we can talk about Hint, one of my favorites, um, as well as your book, which I've dog-eared so many pages. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And so great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. I know it's been a couple of years now since we did the Women of EO event in Napa. And uh, I was a big fan before that session. And then hearing your story made me be a super fan. So uh, I'm glad to be continuing our conversation together. I love it. I don't know if I told you not to backtrack, but did I tell you the story when I was driving home that night? What happened? Mm -hmm. I no. purposely, we, we had the event and I spoke and I purposely, I knew I was driving back to my house in Marin County. And uh, there was wine as an option, but I wasn't going to drink because I was driving. And sure enough, I get pulled over on the way uh, on the way back on 37, which is kind of the connection street between uh, Marin County and Napa County. And so I, I get pulled over for uh, speeding. It was like 10 miles over the speed limit. And so when he walked up to my car, he said, uh, so where are you coming from? And I said, I was at a speaking event. And he said, where was the speaking event? And I told him that the winery and he said, have you been drinking? And I said, I have not been drinking on purpose because I was driving home. And he said, what, what do you speak on? And I said, well, it was for an EO event. And I told him the whole story. And uh, he said, um, are, are you an entrepreneur? And I said, I am an entrepreneur. And he said, what is your company? I said, hint. He said, wait a minute. 
hint water. He said, I love hint water. And I, I had a couple of extra bottles in the car. And then he called to his uh, deputy in the, in the car. And he said, I've seen your commercials before. I know who you are. And uh, anyway, I got off. <laughs> I didn't know if I had told you that story, but I, I, you know, just very casually told him the story and he wanted to know more and about it and about speaking anyway. And I said, I have a book coming out soon. And hopefully he got a copy of, of the book somewhere along the way. That is awesome. Love that. Love that. And it's great that you you have the bottles in the back of the car to say, here, here you go. But, you I know. know. It was too much. I was I was laughing. My husband, and when I got home, I told him what had happened and I was still laughing. And he said, uh, only you. You're st- like selling as you're getting pulled over by the police. <laughs> so. Well, you know, that kind of dovetails into the story of the book. And I, I was so impressed with uh, just your Really, this undaunted determination that you have, that you put your mind to no matter what. And something that really resonated with me early on in the book, um, you know, because obviously I'm in the recruitment space and we're always, you know, coaching candidates about jobs and interviews and so forth. The fact that you, when you set your mind to getting interviews, you lined up 90 interviews for yourself. I know. That is impressive. It's a crazy story. And uh, it was out of college. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because I was at Arizona State University and there were people who were coming on campus to recruit college recruits, but nothing that really interested me. I wanted to go into journalism and but I didn't know whether or not I was going to get a job in journalism because I didn't have any experience. Uh, But I also felt that I should just go out and try. And in in just trying, I kept telling people that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to ideally get to New York and and work in journalism. But along the way, people would say, would you ever move to San Francisco? Would you ever move to Chicago? And again, I was open to lots of different things depending on what the role was. And But I think that the challenge for so many college students, um, you know, and people even changing industries is that you know, you just don't really know, right? You don't really know what you're embarking on. And I was just open to learning. And I mean, I think fast forward many, many years, it's something that I think about a lot and is that, you know, it's scary, right? It's scary whether you're a college graduate or, you know, you don't even have a certificate and you're trying to go out and get a job or you're Maybe you haven't worked for years and you're trying to figure out whether or not you're marketable or maybe you're, you know, a woman and the world says that, you know, companies just don't hire C-suite executives that are women. Whatever the story is, more than anything is it will not happen if you don't try. And I've always believed that. And definitely that is a story that I think so many people have picked up on in the book when I was in it, I didn't necessarily think that it was strange or funny. I, I was just living it and trying to figure it all out. I love it because, you know, right now, obviously with the pandemic, there are so many brilliant people out of work. And this this, this mantra of, I'm just going to get up and try it. I'm going to just do, do whatever I need to do to be able to get this next job. But it also you know, kind of brings forth this whole notion of entrepreneurship. 
that mm-hmm. if you can't find it where somebody else is offering this job is to really put your mindset to it and create it for yourself, which I think is actually one of the, the chapters in the book is just go out and get it and just do it yourself. And I know you call yourself an accidental entrepreneur. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of how you fell into creating hints and then not only creating it, but just building this amazing, amazing company? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that that whole conversation and, and the writing in the book kind of stemmed from, I would run into people in my public speaking and just entrepreneurs that I would meet along the way to, and, you know, they, they would have all these ideas about entrepreneurship that you have to be born with it, that you're, um, that you come from, you know, the industry that you're starting a company in uh, because you've got all this experience. And the reality is, is that the entrepreneurs that I've met that have had really kind of the greatest companies are coming from lots of different places. And so when I share with people that I was never an entrepreneur prior to starting Hint, in fact, I didn't even work in this industry, that I had four kids under the age of six when I started Hint. I was not the profile of somebody that should have been even doing it. But what I kept reminding myself was that you know, I was learning every single day and some days were really frustrating. And I kept thinking that if I could just hire the people who have lots of experience and all of my problems will be solved, right? I mean, we've all had, you know, kind of those ideas about this is the way it it was going to work. But in the meantime, I just felt like I was, I was making progress along the way. And I really kind of go back to my tech days where, you know, it's interesting because in the beverage industry, I think it's 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 an older industry. I mean, obviously there were sort of different iterations of tech, but kind of the the Silicon Valley tech industry is much younger than like consumer products, food, you know, beverages or food. And and I think that the way that I grew up in the 90s in, you know, being around a lot of these, you know, incredible tech entrepreneurs including uh people that had worked for Steve Jobs as well as you know Steve Case and Ted Turner I mean you know it was an, it was incredible was that they took on some incredible missions and some incredible companies but they didn't really know whether or not it was going to work or not I mean it was just why don't we just move forward and see what we can do and in the case of America Online and also the startup that I was at that was acquired by America Online I mean, there were giants out there, Microsoft, I mean, you know, Oracle. I mean, there were there were lots of people that were doing incredible things where, yes, there's always this idea that they could crush you, right? If they, but in the end, the times that they didn't were really outweighed the ones that did. And so I think it really goes back to kind of that thinking of if you if if you really focus on failure. And you really focus on why you can't do something. I think that you just won't start at all. And instead, what I've said and shared with people is just complacency will kill you, mm-hmm. right? It will absolutely kill you. Even during a during a pandemic, I think that you know it's it's definitely we now see that the companies that actually were creative and figured out what could they do were the ones that really survived i mean yeah. certainly in the recruitment industry as well right you it's 
you know, suddenly you you can't meet with people in person and you just have to figure out how you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. So there's so many examples of that. Um, so that was really kind of my thinking around this. Instead, it really is, does, does the entrepreneur have the right mindset to figure out what, how do we keep moving? How do we keep trying? And um, I also think that there's this misconception around, um, you know, just go, just go figure out a way. I think that the best entrepreneurs will accept defeat. It's not that they just keep going and keep banging their head up against a wall. It's instead they figure out I was going right the whole time and here's what I saw and I paid close attention and saw it again. And instead of making the mistake again, they turned left, mm-hmm. right? And they knew, call it a pivot, call it whatever you like, but they were able to kind of go in that direction and see if it would be better. And so I think that it's really... There, there are some specific things that I had the ability to kind of watch, participate in prior to starting Hint that were super, super helpful. It's amazing uh, just knowing your story a little bit. I'd love for you to share it, how you came about creating Hint. What was the impetus of it for you? Yeah, so I was, as I mentioned, a tech executive. I had uh, run the America Online's e-commerce and, and shopping partnerships. And after seven years and growing a business from essentially nothing with an incredible team around me uh, to over a billion dollars in revenue, that's when I decided to take a break. And I had, at the time, three young kids under the age of four, and I wanted to spend some time with them. And I kept thinking and getting recruited by different tech companies in in, uh, Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area, where I live. And well, I I enjoyed meeting with a lot of people, what I didn't want to do was do exactly the same thing. And I think many of the people that were recruiting me were asking me to basically bury America online and do and you know go crush what I had built. And I didn't want to do that because I still had team members that were there. And I don't know, I, I didn't think it was necessarily wrong. I just didn't want to participate in that. I wanted to go do something else. I also sort of went through this time as well, uh, where I don't know if this, if you can relate to this, but I felt like I, I had been in an industry and been successful and therefore people had said, okay, well, this is your industry. And I thought, well, why? I sort of, I was, I wanted to be a journalist. I mean, why am I now considered a tech executive? Because I've been successful and other people's ideas of what I could ultimately be successful at were um, were really interesting. I mean, they basically limited me versus actually showing that I could switch between industries. And so- when I finally was, you know, really trying to think, do I stay in tech? Do I go back to journalism? What do I want to do with my life? That's when I looked at my own health and I had gained a bunch of weight. I developed terrible adult acne. My energy levels were really low. And that's when I I thought, gosh, I'm going to fix this problem while I have time to focus on it. I'm not traveling as much. I'm mm-hmm. home with my kids. And so I swapped out my diet soda, my diet Coke in particular, um, for plain water. And I saw immediate results. In two and a half weeks, my skin had cleared up, my energy levels were back, and I lost over 20 pounds. And that's when I thought, why is that? I mean, it's crazy. My, you know, the ingredients in my soda were 
just as bad, if not worse than many of the foods that I was eating. So I realized that it didn't, people had always said, watch what you watch, what you eat. That's what I heard. I never heard watch what you drink. Mm-hmm. And yet that was what I was kind of seeing very, very clearly. Now I'd been drinking plain water because frankly, I was thirsty at this point, not drinking my diet soda. And I, I realized that the reason I didn't drink plain water and I had high concerns about how long I could stay not drinking my diet soda was because water was boring. And so I started slicing up fruit in my kitchen and throwing it in the water. Again, not thinking that this was going to go be a business or that I was, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. For me, I thought it's going to help me to continue to drink water. And then I looked for the product in stores because I also came up with another problem that I saw in my own future, which was the convenience of actually going to the store and buying a product that already has fruit in it Mm -hmm. and is just water without sweeteners. I thought for sure that I was shopping at the wrong grocery stores, right? That it was, it had to be out there. I mean, how, how hard could it be? And what I realized right in front of me was that there was a lot of healthy perception products versus healthy reality. So Mm. the, you know, the diet drinks that I had been hooked on, there were plenty of those with all kinds of diet sweeteners, but the, um, but, you know, and there were things like vitamin water that had lots of sugar in it too. And, and you know, lots of different things that were really tricky. And I, I guess that was the moment when I realized that, you know, the product that I really wanted wasn't available on the shelf. I'd been making it in my kitchen. My friends that I, and my family really enjoyed this like home brew that I was making. And so I thought, I wonder if I can get a product on the shelf while I'm looking for another job. This was, they didn't even call things 16 years ago a side hustle, but this was my side hustle, right? This was, I was just thinking, oh, I'll help a lot of other people to enjoy water and maybe I'll kind of disrupt the, you know, other people that are trying to trick people like me, good people that really, you know, want to stay healthy. Uh, But I never thought about it as, you know, taking on the beverage industry or, or, you know, doing something because that's way too scary. And that's another thing that I think entrepreneurs kind of psych themselves out doing is that they, you know, will say, okay, well, my business plan says that I'm going to do all of this. And if you sit there and focus on that every single day, I mean, that's often very daunting, right? And you have to instead focus on what is my why? Why am I doing this? And how do I move this thing forward a little bit more? And be undaunted. And be undaunted. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I, I love this. You know, here you are with three kids at the time. You're calling this a side hustle. You're trying to figure out how to even bottle this thing. And you know, you're, you're between journalism and tech. This world of beverages just, you know, is there for you, for you to really take it by, you know, by the storm. And all of it just really manifests itself into in this mindset of being undaunted, which which is so inspiring. There's a, a Maya Angelou uh, quote that says, uh, "Hope and fear occupy the same space. Invite mm-hmm. one to stay." And uh, absolutely, that's what you did. You didn't let fear in. You let hope in, and exactly, it. exactly. I love that. So, want to talk about the book. 
Loved it. Like I said, I've, I've uh, dog-eared many, many pages. And it's interesting, as I was looking at the various chapters, they seem like core values. Like each one of them comes across as a core value. Mm-hmm. Are these? I mean, was that the intention that you took each of your core values and expanded on it or not necessarily? Well, this started as my journal. And so I was doing a ton of traveling and, and doing a ton of public speaking. And oftentimes I felt like the Q&A at the end were almost prompts for me, right, mm-hmm. for, for writing. And I would go back to my room and and I would start writing and answering kind of, you know, in long form, um, some of the answers to these questions. And after about five years, I felt like there were so many stories here that I would sometimes share with audiences, sometimes share with entrepreneurs one-on-one that I felt like could really help a lot of people to know that I'm no different than anyone else. I, I was, you know, had fears along the way. I had failures along the way, but my stories could actually help people kind of get out of the gate, continue on, um, all of those things. And, and so that's when I, I, I was just going to bind my journal together and give it out to people because everybody kept, you know, asking me for different, you know, questions and or answers based on different questions that they had. And then a friend of mine who had written a book said, you should publish this. I mean, this is really some good stuff. And, and so, you know, probably the hardest thing about writing a book was, uh, was editing it down. Mm -hmm. And so I had an editor help me kind of edit it down into a format because it was 600 pages and no one's going to read a 600 page (laughs) book. And so we had to get it down to 200 pages, but it was interesting because as we were narrowing it down, I mean, I didn't even have the name of the book finalized until, um, I had turned in the manuscript. I mean, it was really, there were, you know, some working titles that we had, but uh, it was, it was so crystal clear when all the chapters started to come together, exactly what, you know, what were the lessons learned in, in each. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting too, because there's definitely a style to the book. That's another thing that I've learned about, you know, writing a book that, uh, you know, what, what I found was really, and maybe to some extent, this is a lot of what you do in EO or YPO as well, where through your own stories, you're actually helping people to think about how they can get through and mm-hmm. they can move on, right? Versus actually solving problems for yes. the people. And so uh, there's a lot of thinking in there. I've, you know, as I said, I've spoke to EO audiences and YPO audiences. And you can tell when people read this book, I've had people reach out to me and said, I knew that you were in one of these organizations because you're definitely forum trained the way that you talk and the way that you think about things. What is that lesson? Mm-hmm. And, um, and how did you get through? So I don't say at the end of every chapter, here are the seven things that you should have learned, which I, I thought was really interesting. One of the first reviews of the book, the book thankfully has gotten incredible reviews, but one of the first reviews of the book was from somebody who read it and said, I wish she would have put 
the eight things that she you learned in each chapter. And it really is a style thing where I find that so annoying when people say that the, these are the eight things that you should have learned. I mean, who, right? Why should somebody tell you what you should have learned after you've just read it? So, yeah. Exactly, because they haven't they, they haven't been in this taken the same road to get to that point. So why why how would you tell them what they should do? Exactly, yeah. and and that's and and that's really you know what I've heard from the book too is that so many different things have people have reached out you know and had just different impressions of of the book as well. I mean, one of the people that read uh, you know pre. A copy of the book that I asked to read it and see if he would give a quote. Somebody who's been a bit of a mentor to me is Jamie Dimon, who's uh, chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. And when he read the book, he uh, reached out to me and he said, "I'm reading about the Grand Canyon experience right now." And you know, here's the head of J.P. Morgan. You know, Chase is is talking about the Grand Canyon because he said there are experiences in life in in your personal life that are going to challenge you, and those will actually make you a stronger leader. And being a strong leader also makes you know that you can get through things that are really hard in your personal life too. And so that is what that that chapter is about. And anyway, I just love. Uh, you know, just hearing from people on each of them, what their take is on the chapter. Yeah, no, I love it. And as as I was saying, as I was looking at the chapter headers, I, could, I can see this like, up on a plaque somewhere, you know, open a lot of doors, create your own opportunities, show up, know where you stand. I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are, these are values that people can just really embrace and embody and see their own parallel story in the story that you're telling. Absolutely. And I think that's the that's the beauty of storytelling. And I love the fact that it seems you know, you started out wanting to be a journalist and wanting wanting to write. And here you are having traveled through this entire cycle of technology and beverages and everything. And this has brought it back to that love of writing and being able to share your story. This is really beautiful. Well, I and I think that the other thing is when I launched Hint, that where I was in my life is I wanted to make a difference. I was a parent. I was, uh, you know, had been a successful executive, but I really wanted to do something that I could wake up every day and make a difference. And I didn't know what that was. I mean, people kept saying, "Do you mean nonprofit work?" I mean, what is that? I said, "Maybe." I mean, I I like also making money. I mean, I, I, right. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I believed and 16 years ago, that wasn't really what people did. I mean, when you said you wanted to make a difference, it was nonprofit work, mm -hmm. not saying that there's anything wrong with nonprofit work, but it was not sort of starting a company that had mission-driven purpose-driven company. It just wasn't what people were talking about. And, and so that's, you know, what I, what I did, but it's interesting 16 years later, I mean, I'm working on initiatives like clean water in Washington and mm -hmm. things that again, 16 years ago, I wouldn't have even said that I would be focusing on it, but through my journey, I've learned a lot about water. I've learned a lot about, you know, things that I had no idea that I was going to learn about. And that is making a difference, right? That I've got a 
bed of knowledge that I've learned about, you know, different water and different states and kind of different issues and regulations and what people do to the water from a filtration standpoint and what people don't. But again, it 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 just I didn't start out thinking I'm going to go take on, you know, clean water. I mean, instead, I wanted to create a product mm-hmm. and along the way that that water initiative is my, I guess it's my side hustle, but it's something that I'm very passionate about and, um, and dedicate, you know, a a small percentage of time to, but that's, that's what I think the, that's what I think people just really need to realize is that you don't have to start out in the beginning thinking, this is what I'm going to do because it sounds really daunting. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead try and figure out how do I take tiny steps in order to kind of get to where I'm going. And that may change as well. Is that also why you wrote Undaunted to be able to still, it sounds to me, to continue making a difference in other people's lives because they can learn those lessons. Totally. And I, well, you know, I had the book organically. I was writing this book with not the intention to actually publish a book. I mean, people have you know, said to me, friends of mine said, oh, come on, you were a journalism major. Of course you were going to write a book. It was never on my bucket list Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, it is on some people's bucket list. It was never on mine. But along the way, when I would be meeting people, people would say, when is the book coming out? Because I would, you know, just very naturally give advice and, uh, and also share my story. And I thought, gosh, if I can bind this and just get it out to people, maybe I could help a few people because mm-hmm. I didn't have time to speak with everybody. Yeah. But I had no idea how many people. Initially, you know, it's interesting when I was f- looking for a publisher that the number one thing when I was shopping the book to publishers that I heard back was that, you know, women women's entrepreneurial stories don't actually sell. And I said, really? I mean, I I was just shocked because I said, I'm fascinated by women's entrepreneur stories. And they said, I said, you know, and they said, you know, there's definitely women who are entrepreneurs, like one of the publishers said, like Sheryl Sandberg. And I said, Sheryl's not a entrepreneur, actually. I mean, she's the chief operating officer and she started Lean In and, and, uh, they said, well, that's what we mean. I mean, it's like Lean In sold tons and tons of books, but there aren't very many women entrepreneurs. And I mean, this is, you know, interesting because it's, it's uh, you know, you got to understand that people will just talk and they'll say things and they won't really know exactly what they're even saying. And so that was kind of my cue to sort of move on to a different publisher, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm, you know, the net of it is, is, and, um, yeah, so I, that was, I mean, it was it was interesting because there were, including my existing publisher, I, who I love very much, Harper Leadership, but they were concerned that it would just be too narrow and only for entrepreneurs and maybe people only in like food and beverage. And I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize was that there were many people who have reached out to me, CEOs of companies who have never been entrepreneurs who have shared with me that this book has 
called into question why they haven't gone out and done what they really want to do with their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and something that I talk about in the book is really about, you know, risk and that, and these fears. And I think that if you've already been a success, why don't you take the time before it is too late to go and, you know, take some challenges? Why not, if you're just graduating from school, go out and take some risks, right? I think that those are the times that you should go out and do them. And again, I, it, I think that it's, it's a much bigger audience and not just women either. That's the other thing, that there are plenty of men who have bought the book and engaged with the book too. It's a great story. And I think that, you know, thinking, I mean, men for themselves reading it, but also men with daughters out there. I mean, it's just such an inspiring story to, to, to teach young women. Thank you. Be undaunted. I, I think that's beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Yeah. And on social too, I think, you know, I found actually I, part of my own interest was to figure out uh, TikTok over the last uh, the last year. I, I oh, had cool. heard about TikTok and had heard about, you know, people dancing and, you know, being funny on TikTok. And I was just curious about it. Right. So I went on TikTok and I actually took a lot of my video clips from some of my speaking engagements and some of my Zoom calls. And I cut them down into little pieces. And uh, it's fascinating because I've got a whole audience on TikTok that is filled with high school and college kids who had been drinking Hint over the years. Mm -hmm. Their kitchens had been stocked with Hint, so they knew about it. But as I share my story of I had no idea, you know, whether or not it was going to be successful or not, I just had to go out and try. I mean, it's amazing the response and the feedback because we don't teach entrepreneurism in too many schools and mm -hmm. certainly not in high school. And, and this is what a lot of these kids really want to hear. Like, how do I actually get the word out about my idea that I have? How do I go and start a company? How do I, is it important to have a team of people? Is it important to have experience? Do I have to raise money? And these are all these like little nuggets that I pull out for my TikTok video. So I won't be dancing for those of you who, <laughs> you know, will, will want to see me dancing on screen, but instead it, it just goes to show you that, you know, there's an audience out there that, you know, is really excited just to, um, just to hear people in the entrepreneur space as well. I have to check it out. I have to check out your TikTok channel. Is it you? Is it Kara or is it? Yeah, Kara. It's Kara Golden. It is. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll check it out. And, um, you know, it's interesting you say that about the book and how you never really intended to write one, but that organically it's, it's come about. Uh, because I think naturally people would think, well, she's a journalist, so she, you know, that's the passion. So of course the two go hand in go hand. Go do it, right. You know, but it's in here, right? You were writing for yourself all along. It just so happened that you did find it and now have put it out in other people's hands to to learn from. And to learn from and, and to help and, yeah. you know, to help people. And I think that that's the number one thing when I launched Hint that I, got me so excited was so many people, we put an 800 number on the bottle and an email. And so many people were reaching out when 
they'd have hint and, and they'd say, thank goodness that there's this product with no sweeteners in it. I, it was the first time 16 years ago that I heard about uh, this disease called type 2 diabetes. I had never heard of type 2 diabetes and people would reach out at least a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks sharing that, you know, they had this disease and they really couldn't have, you know, sugar or, and they weren't sure about diet sweeteners. They still were seeing spikes. And again, my own interest in learning and my passion, I just found that the key thing that they kept sharing with me was that this product was helping them and they didn't know me, right? Like I'm just a CEO producing a product that they want to buy that they kept saying, thank you so much. Like you're really helping me. And I thought, Wow. I mean, that's amazing. And the same thing is coming from the book. So it's been, it's been really, really fun to get it out there. Yeah. So rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I just recently published a book uh, a few months ago. No. Yeah, I I did. And it's my, it's my personal story of my journey through grief and coming out on the other side. And I wrote it very similarly, it was a lot of it was my journaling. And when I was going through the grief, um, journaling was really helping me just get things out. But, I love it. Yeah, thank you. But very, you know, I hear from people unexpectedly about how just hearing somebody else's journey, in this case, through a lot about loss, um, has really helped them figure out how they can navigate this, this path for themselves. Well, and, and through other people's stories, right. I think that oftentimes people, that's how people want to learn. Right. And that's how they want to process things is that they take themselves out of their own life and put themselves into your life and hear the challenges, hear how you got through it and then configure it into their own life, which I think is fascinating. So Mm -hmm. I would, Love to read your book and I'll, I'll definitely, what is the name? It's called the butterfly years. I will send you, I will send you. I I would love it. So that would be amazing. And uh, yeah. And I actually have a new series that I just launched on LinkedIn. Maybe I could have you on to talk about your book. Oh, I would love that as well. So that would be what great. Is your, what is your new series? It's called, it's called author talks live. And I just launched it uh, about a month ago. And uh, actually, usually I interview people, but I actually had Cherie Blair um, this morning, uh, Tony Blair's wife, um, interview me about my book on on, um, Author Talks Live this morning. So it's actually streaming on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And I think we haven't figured it out yet, but we're going to be streaming it on Twitter as well. So uh, you can definitely check it out, but it's I will. I will. Yeah, it's 20 minutes and we're doing, um, you know, not just females. We have men and women, just really interesting books that kind of hit on topics that I think everybody will really enjoy. Sounds perfect. I will absolutely send it to you. And if it's, if it's right for your show, please let me know. Wonderful. Um, but, you know, I wanted, you know, we're coming towards the end of our talk together here, but I wanted to, I, I had a moment this morning as, as I was preparing for this, I had my hint water here with me. Then I had my hint sanitizer <laughs> next to my desk. You have everything. 
Yeah. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm even wearing my hint deodorant. So thank you, Kara. I feel like very, you've dressed me. <laughs> I, I love it. What is next for you? What's next on your side hustle? You know, our focus is really continuing to be with the customer on their journey of health and helping them identify areas where they can just do better and get healthier. And I think if one thing good came out of this last year, it's that it's, uh, you know, people are globally focused on health and they're trying to get healthy. They're trying to stay healthy. And I think recognizing what you're putting in your body, on your body, it's all part of the journey, right? And what the outcome ultimately is. And so I think that that's what I think about all the time in, in this journey. How do we, you know, ultimately um, do better on that? And you are, you've created such an impact across, across Thank the you. world, truly. And I'm so grateful that you are sharing this message with us here today, because I think there are, for the audience that I have for the Artisan podcast, it's a lot of creatives, a lot of freelancers, a lot of people who are continually doing that high side hustle and sometimes do feel that it's a daunting task. I love it. Yeah, their next one. So thank you for sharing how to be undaunted. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the book is called Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. If anybody wants to pick up a copy in bookstores on Amazon, um, it's also on Audible. I read the book um, as well. And it was, uh, yeah, it's it it's out there and and um and if you get a chance to read it, definitely reach out to me on social at Kara Golden on all platforms. Perfect. And I will absolutely share all of those links in the show notes so people know how to find you and also where to find Undaunted. Perfect. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Artisan Creative a staffing and recruitment firm specializing in creative, marketing, and digital talent. You can find us online at artisancreative.com or via social channels at Artisan Creative. We look forward to connecting.